Hello there, welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree where I, Nick, your host, pull some audio from a few different interviews and put it all together for you to enjoy. This is the very first episode of To an Abridged Degree, is what I'm calling it, by the way. I really hope you like it. Sometimes they will be themed, sometimes there'll be a little bit of everything. In this case, it's a little bit of everything. Brendan Byrne, the space reporter for WMFE, gives us some history of the Ivanhoe Park Brewing Company. Speaking of company, Bethany Renee Williams recounts how she launched her marketing business while still in high school. And finally, Chris Crespo and I talk shop, podcasting shop. To get us started, here's artist and teacher Delilah Smalley from episode 113 of To a Certain Degree, talking about her college experience. Enjoy. Education is very important to you as a teacher, as someone who just finished her MFA. Mm-hmm. When you were coming out of high school, what was the expectation uh, that you had for yourself, that other people had for you, and what did you end up doing? Straight out of high school? Yeah. Um, did you think, I, I have 100% have to go to college, there's no other way uh, to do that, or w- no. so what happened? I mean, I, I moved out four days after I graduated, mm-hmm. and I went and stayed with my, my father for a little while in Hawaii. I had just met my father when I was when I was 16, so I knew him a couple years. And so, yeah, for me, um, it was more like I needed to, to get out of my house. I was more, like, pushed towards independence than, than school right away. Um, as I mentioned, I kind of, you know, took care of my sister and raised my sister, and um, my mom has some different struggles and issues with with drugs and things like that so I really just wanted to be out of the house mm-hmm. um and I didn't start college till I was 20 actually okay but when I was like 18 19 I worked like three jobs I paid for my own apartment I when I came back from Hawaii I I adopted my sister for a little while um yeah so for me it was more like uh setting my own foundation and then moving forward from that so did I started that, college when I was 20. Did that give you, you felt like the foundation you needed to be better at college, to be a better yeah, college student? Because I, I didn't want to go in. I think a lot of people sometimes go in out of expectation. Like I have to do this, but they don't really know what they want to do. And so for me, I just kind of took that breath and like, you know, I got my own space and uh, kind of built, built that foundation. And then I, and then I decided like, Oh, I want to, do this and so yeah and so from there 20 years old going to college how long did it take you was it a four-year experience or it was a six-year experience for me yeah because I I had my son when I was 23 a week later I turned 24 we're a week apart so my birthday is on Halloween he's like a week before me and his dad's a week before him so we're like all a week apart but um but yeah so that kind of was another another challenge because I was, you know, it's not a typical college experience. It was more like, okay, I have the babysitter for this long. I have class at this time. I have to get this done and then I need to be home and I had to I had to pay for all of that myself. Mm-hmm. So I, had a, I got a lot of college paid for through grants. Um, but, you know, I still had to pay all of my bills and work full time. So it did take me a little bit longer, but um, I, for most of the time I was in college, managed to work full-time and have classes full-time. There's just little gaps where I'd have to take, you know, sometimes take Take a semester off. Yeah. I never took, I would sometimes take one class. I didn't take any semesters. Oh, very nice. Did you feel like, did you feel like the, the momentum was important? 
Yeah, I just really want it. Once I real, you know, for me, once I realize what I want, I want to accomplish it. And so I'll just, even if I, you know, like the Martin Luther King quote, like if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl, like you have to like, for me, I had to keep pushing forward. Even mm-hmm. if that semester I can only take like one class or something, I wanted to make sure I was still taking them. Even with like a an infant waking up every two hours to breastfeed, I was like, I got to get to class. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> So several years later, you what prompted this decision to go back for your master's? Um, for the master's, actually, uh, I've been looking at different programs, and I originally, um, I, like in college, I was one credit away from a minor in linguistics, and so um, I thought about originally getting my master's in linguistics, like in TESOL. I was trying to look at something like at UCF, and then... Um, it seems very applicable to... Well, teaching for teaching uh, yeah, well, and education when I was younger too, I, like I said, I mentioned, I, I taught English in Thailand. And so, um, before I had my son, I had considered like teaching abroad and, and when I had him, it kind of, you know, shifted that, that plan. But when I was thinking about my master's, I was like, well, he's a little older now, you know, it's, you know, maybe. And then, uh, one of my professors had said that he would write it. I had two professors. You have to have two letters of recommendation. And, mm-hmm. and the one was like my favorite professor and she pulled through like, you know, right away. And the other one said that he would, and it just didn't, it didn't happen. And I was like, well, he's one of the people in the program. And if he's not writing this letter, like maybe I don't want to do this program, you know? Oh, so it was almost like a sign. Yeah. And I don't think he did it like intentionally. I think yeah. he was just really busy, sure. you know, but it kind of like, you know, I don't know. It kind of pulled me back from that. And then, um, Jared, Sylvia, who uh, also helps out with, with Borough Press and he, you know, helps with reading some fiction and he runs, helps run the, the, the functionally literate events. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking to me about, I had seen like the, the low residency Tampa, um, but he mentioned to me that Stetson was starting uh, an international program, a low res international program and teaching full time. I couldn't really just go to class whenever right. and being a mother, same. So um, he mentioned that program to me, and, and uh, it just seemed right up my alley. And it, it actually, gave, you know, gave me a lot of chances to, see, you know, I got to go to South America, I got to go to Central America. Out of everybody in my program, I became a Sullivan Scholar, and I won a scholarship to go to Portugal. So it was my first time in Europe. So just kind of like just the idea of like traveling and and doing it uh, remotely, like as far as my work it gave me the flexibility that I needed. And so that's kind of, so Borough Press also kind of brought me into my master's program, considering that it was, you know, Jared and, and Ryan, you know, Very he's cool. one of my people that wrote me a letter of recommendation. Yeah. Check out Delilah Smalley's artwork on Instagram and Etsy. Search for Urban Apothecary. Coming up next from an episode of Odd Numbers, where we shared our favorite local craft beer, Brendan Byrne digs into the ghost of water parks past. So this this beer, I actually I went to this brewery specifically for this show. So I said, you know, I need to go to a new brewery and okay. drink a new beer so that I don't disappoint Nick. Um, so I went to Ivanhoe Park. I'm glad that disappointing me is. Uh, it's really is, what gets me through the day. Yeah. I don't want to disappoint you. Great. <laughs> Whatever it takes for motivation. Yes. So um, I went to Ivanhoe Park Brewery, which is in brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. It is a gorgeous location. Yeah. Like, Beautiful building, like amazing bar, 
Um, just a really, really cool area. So just off of Virginia and the Ivanhoe yep. area. Yep. So with a lot of already great places yep. to hang there's, out. There's some eat. walkability. Great. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. So so um, wife and I went there and I got the Joyland. Um, make sure I get this right here. The Joyland, it's an American IPA. Um, super easy to drink, super light. Um, I, I had I had a few of them because <laughs> they were so good. Um, and just a really, really neat space. The The brewery is right there. There's this big, you know, kind of barn door that opens up that you can see all of the tanks and the kettles while mm-hmm. you're in there. Great space. There were a ton of dogs when I was there. Um, and uh, it, it was real busy, so I didn't really have a time to, to chat with the brewer or, or with the uh, the bartenders and whatnot. So I ended up, I left, and I, I did a little bit of research, and I found out that it's it's called the Joyland IPA because... At that site, there was the Joyland Water Park. Um, so this this guy back in the late 19th century, uh, George Russell, he um, he settled in the area. He first started living in Tampa, and then he came to Orlando and, and loved it a lot and ended up, you know, setting his roots there, opening up this seed and feed and fertilizer shop, and mm-hmm. it became this, like, you know, this massive business here. So he bought a bunch of land. With that money, as we all do sometimes, and the land is now current Ivanhoe area, okay. and he grew pineapples. That was his thing. He grew nice. pineapples on this land, and uh, so no, take that Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> what what he did was he he built these uh, these kind of houses around them and had these boilers that would create steam that would make them hot, and so it would help the pineapples grow in this kind of hot, moist environment. Sure, um, it was called a pinery. I don't know if you knew that, but that's called a pinery. I was not aware of that. So he had all these, uh, this great pineapple business. Like you you would never expect this. And he's had this great pineapple business and decided to open up a water park for the locals called Joyland. So it makes sense. I mean, you're going (laughs) to, you're going to grow pineapples. The next logical step is you open a water park. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) So, so the Ivanhoe park, um, brewery, they, 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 they kind of pay tribute to yeah. to George Russell with with the Joyland <laughs> IPA and and kind of the history of of what happened what happened there the the, the famous pineries of the southeast and uh, and the water park so I, I thought that was cool so so now when I drink it I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that I taste a hint of pineapple in it right because. That's what they're doing. I love that you would also tell that story. Like you'd just be sitting there at the bar waiting for somebody to order one of those so you can tell them that story. Yes. Ah, you like pineapples? (laughs) Let me tell you about George Russell. (laughs) Did you just order the Joyland? (laughs) So, but also great beer. Great beer. Um, My wife and I did two uh, two flights, I think, and uh, there was not a bad beer on the menu. Really diverse beers. and also really great names. There was a Tupac Shapporter, which was my favorite name. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. And it was also very good, too. Well, it helps when that is the case, yeah. Yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, it was. it's a really, really great brewery. And, you know, if you're looking for a new place to go to, I would definitely check it out. It was, it was a lot of fun. Great staff, great space. There was a food truck there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of have, like, a, a, a carport out the back, Um that the food truck's under, so you don't have to wait in the hot sun, oh, which is fantastic. nice. Yeah. So, but but again, the beer was delicious, American style IPA. So, hop forward, but but quite citrusy and refreshing. It was great. Brendan Byrne is the space reporter for WMFE. Find him and his excellent podcast, "Are We There Yet?" at WMFE.org. Bethany Renee Williams is fueled by coffee, so it makes sense that her company is called Coffee Fueled Marketing. 
Here's how it all got started. Bethany, I wanted to ask you a few questions as far as coffee-fueled marketing goes. So okay. we talked a little bit about how you started that. Did you just kind of fall into it? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a plan. It was just yeah. one day I was like, I like doing Facebook. I should see if businesses will pay me to do Facebook. And, and, and they did. And they did. And that's how it all started. How was the process of going in? Because you're... Um, X generation? I'm, I'm a millennial. No, you're a millennial. Yeah, yeah. of course you are. Um, that makes sense. Uh, so what we know about millennials or one of the things we're always being told about millennials, and I love this, mm -hmm. is that they're not afraid to ask for things. Yeah. Whereas uh, the boomers and to a certain extent me being from Gen X and understanding this or, or feeling this way is that you're supposed to wait. You're supposed to earn uh, your way up and you're supposed to have to go through the process and do all these things. And basically uh, it's, it's a version of hazing. Yeah. I right? mean, I actually read an article. I've read a couple of articles like relating to this. Um, the first one being that it said essentially Gen, uh, Gen X and, and baby boomers versus millennials, when they're filling out a, filling out a job application, they feel they have to have at least like 95% of the things on the requirements list. Yeah. Whereas millennials just apply. They're like, you know what? If they feel like I'm good enough, I'm going to get the job either way. And it's more about like, you know, proving your worth. They bring you in for the interview and it's like, well, here's what I've done type of deal. Right. As, a, as opposed to, you know, just limiting yourself from the beginning, um, which was kind of interesting to hear. And I mean, it's definitely true. I just kind of go out there and I'm like, here I am. Hire me if you want. <laughs> and uh, then I also read uh, another thing talking about the sales part of this, you know, like when I first started going into businesses and talking to them. I was 14 at the time. I was pretty young. And it seems young. Yeah, I was pretty young. Yeah. Uh, it said that people in my, you know, generation aren't as, uh, uh, you know, motivated to go and talk to people in person. They're more um, likely to talk to people on the phone or over email or sure, texting. texting, yeah. And, I mean, that definitely makes sense, but I think that's what gave me, like, a leg up over everyone else as I was actually going in in person and they were seeing I'm a real person and I'm not just some bot on a computer sending out a million emails to businesses trying to get them to buy something. So they were like, you know what? This young child wants to manage my business's marketing. <laughs> that sounds like a solid plan. Were you approaching businesses that you felt strongly compelled by or some sort of affinity to? Yeah. So, I mean, whenever I was younger, I obviously wasn't charging a lot. I was charging just enough to, you know, like justify my time in doing it. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, you have to get experience, like an apprenticeship. Um, I was going to businesses that I related to. So, um, you know, like places that I shopped at um, locally. I lived in Louisville at the time, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty big city. So just, you know, shops I, I, I would shop at, um, like skate shops, things like that. Um, I would go to, if I liked a restaurant, like a gelato place or something, I'd be like, let me post pictures on Facebook and promote your business. And I really like this, you know, gelato. And it was pretty much, it was easy, you know, as, as a young person, just promoting what I liked and, and getting other people to like it also, you know, you're enthusiastic when you're young also. So that helps. So starting a business, uh, I'm curious about this, that early in life. And again, you know, you did you realize you were starting a business or did you I were just doing just, this for fun? It was just kind of fun at first. Yeah. Um, and I did have my parents, you know, there to guide me. Sure. Um, my mom's worked in print marketing for 30 years. So, she, you know, she's come from a, a similar background. She also does digital now mm -hmm. um, because, you know, that's where things transitioned. Uh, and then my dad got into marketing 
recently. Um, so my whole family has like worked within this sphere in some way. Um, so I did have some guidance, but at first I didn't really realize I was starting a business. I was just like, well, this is a fun hobby. And I was still taking career aptitude tests until I was in my senior year of high school. Like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know. And over, here I am over on the side with businesses paying me to do their social media and build right. websites. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not a business. That's, that's fun. This is fun. Yeah. This is what, so. and you know, maybe on some level you were concerned about it becoming work yeah. because you're like, I, I want this to remain fun. It's a hobby. It's something I do for pleasure and enjoyment. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. You can follow Bethany's adventures on Instagram. She's at coffee fueled. You will be jealous and thirsty all at the same time. Finally, Chris Crespo not only helps run a local podcast network called PFT Media, he has a movie review podcast called Cinema Crespodiso that just celebrated its sixth anniversary. Here's how that got off the ground. Spoiler alert, he had no idea what he was getting into. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Early in the morning. Yeah, before the sun came up. Before the sun came up. It's coming up now, Now, and we have windows in the studios, uh, in our temporary studios at WPRK, so it's nice to just look out and say, oh, Oh, the sun is rising. The world is continuing today. Yeah, Yeah. regardless of what we're doing, the world is continuing. It's going on unabated. I love this humbling moment that we share, Chris. (laughs) Let's talk about Cinema Crespodiso. Yes. Five years in? Five years. Started January 2013. I was on SBK Live on yep. um, Real Radio 1041 for a couple years. Uh, on Monday nights, I would do a, a movie segment with them. How'd you get into that? You were, it, was, it wasn't what you were doing in school, right? No. Uh, yeah, right around 2009 when the whole economy tanked and people were looking for extra monies. Um, I was looking for a way to make some extra money online. And examiner.com was still a website. So I signed up there to be a paid uh, film writer. And I just started writing on this website and, you know, getting paid for it, which was pretty great. So a film reviewer? Yes, mostly film film reviews and any other, like, thing pieces I thought of or features I wanted to do. I had free reign to write about whatever I wanted. I had had no editor. Examiner.com was a content farm. I got it. So it it was great for uh, writing practice and getting your name out there and all that stuff, but then it was poor for everything else when it comes to being a business, (laughs) right? That's why they're not around anymore. That's why they've disappeared. Yes. Well, they've actually changed into a different website entirely now. Sure. Even bigger and more annoying. Um, so I was doing that, and then I was listening to SBK Live as a fan, and uh, I never liked calling into radio stations or radio phone calls in general. So I would email them because uh, they gave out their emails all the time. So if I had something to say, I would just email them. And uh, that's how we developed a uh, a communication, a, a friendship, rapport, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then eventually one day the, the producer, Matt, a.k.a. Cabin Boy, he just emailed me back and said, hey, we want to do a movie segment. I know because I always email them about movies. So we want to do a movie segment. Would you be interested in calling in and giving it a shot? So I called in one Monday and we did like a seven to ten minute segment. It went great. They asked me to call back in the next week and then it. Over two years, that turned from a seven-minute call-in segment to an hour-long in-studio segment that had multiple segments, like uh, the movie news segment. Not a movie news. had a box office recap, movie reviews. Uh, we did a, a trivia game at the end, the movie chain game. So then essentially what happened is I built Cinema Crespodiso. I built yeah. the show within their yeah. show. And then once their show got canceled for BS reasons, um, I just lifted that format out of the radio show and turned it into a podcast. And then Kevin helped me do that. 
So, oh, very nice. So that's how the show started back in January 2013. Just hit episode 302? Yep, 302 was this weekend. That's amazing. So yeah. that's a big... I, I know that numbers are tough when you're a podcaster. You're like, sure. oh, it's 100, it's 200, it's 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the benchmarks, all the landmarks. Yeah, it's yeah. just another show, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, but at the same time... Yeah, at the same, yeah it is. Like, uh, yeah, look, we've been doing it now for, for this many years. Three, there's a lot of shows that start, and then they think, oh, I can do this, and then they're done after a couple of months let alone yeah. a few years. Yeah. So uh, it does feel good to hit those high numbers in terms of uh, produced content and whatnot. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, 300 was just sort of... Well, in our case, actually, 300 was a bit of a special episode. There was like some some weirdness going on. It kind of went backwards the whole time. The segments went backwards. Curtis Earth was our guest. It was a, it was a weird one. So I wouldn't suggest that be people's first episode that they listen to. I, I think with, a, with some podcasts, it's like... You know, one of the reasons you're listening to it is not only for the information, mm-hmm. uh, which is very valuable, but also for the conversation. Sure. Yeah. You got to you want to when you're listening to a show. I know when I listen to a show, I want to like the people that I'm listening to. And yeah. I, and I want to fly like, on the wall. Yeah. And I want to like their conversation. So it, it's almost like the same thing with SBK Live. I felt like, oh, I could talk to these guys. Like if I was yeah. in the room with them, I could be a part of the conversation. So I guess that's sort of the trick that you're trying to get people to to follow along with you. Like, oh, yeah, you were up. You're a part of this as we're talking about uh, Halloween or whatever movie we just saw. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you then, we'll kind of pivot here to PFT Media. Okay. So you recognized a need. Um, you saw maybe other uh, podcast networks that were out there. And yeah, you sure. said, you know what? Orlando could use something like this or yeah, sure. we could encourage each other and mm-hmm. help each other by doing this. Yeah, I've always been a, a believer in a rising tide floats all boats, you know, so I've always been trying to use my show to promote other shows to make them more popular. And then hopefully they promote my show as they get more popular. You know, Many of your guests have, are podcasts. Yes, exactly. Uh, hosts. Uh, what, if you host a podcast or a radio show, a great source of guests or other podcasters and other radio hosts, because first off, they're going to be comfortable in front of a microphone. And then hopefully then they turn around and promote you to their audience, sure. you know? So what we did was uh, I, I saw it. I was like, yeah, we could put together a network. And then my buddy Steve already sort of had a radio network going he called it Pft Radio, P-F-F-T. There are extra Fs in there. And his whole thing was Pft Radio, redefining indifference, which is what he was doing. But he only had uh, two shows at the time. And those okay. shows still exist. What's the fuss and tidbits? So I went to him. I was like, listen, how about my show joins the network, and then we add other shows. And we tried to build this up into like a real thing, a real business. So he was all on board for it. We, we brainstormed how to do it for like four or five months and, you know, gathering – the other podcasts together, all behind the scenes stuff before we announced it. Right, and seeing if they were interested. Exactly. And stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. So then we got turned down by a handful of shows. Uh, some other shows reached out to us like, hey, we want to be a part of it. And we're like, eh, you're not really fitting what we're trying to do because we're trying to be a little picky in terms of um, quality of content and everything. Well, I like that you have also the, you know, sort of the themes, the niches that you're still looking for mm-hmm. on the website. So there's uh, something about biscuits. We're, we're looking for a biscuit show. You know, anything biscuit, about biscuits. We, we yeah. We live in the South. Biscuits are super popular. It's mm-hmm. hard to make them properly. You can easily oversalt your biscuits. Well, I would imagine it's hard to come up with content. And this is what I was surprised at. Mm-hmm. You want a daily biscuit it's podcast. Got, well, that's the thing. You think it's hard to come up with it, but all the places in town that sell biscuits. I mean, you can they do. They do have biscuits every day. Yeah, and you can do a whole week, five episodes, a whole week on just Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits. I mean, there's no reason that's to a good even. Point. Just yeah, a deep dive. Yeah, a deep
deep dive. You a can do an entire month, a whole uh, entire month of October. Just go to Red Lobster and eat Cheddar Bay biscuits, and every day it's about on this Tuesday they were a little too cheddary. No so, one's ever said that. ChrisCrespo.com, PFTMedia.com. That's where you go to learn more about him and Cinema Crespo Diso. What'd you think of this new format? To an abridged degree. Let me know on the interwebs, social medias. Email me at nick at twocertaindegree.com. Talk to me, Goose. That's a movie reference. Do I get a point for that? Who am I talking to? Thanks for listening.